There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in 10 and branch microbiter. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon. I'm flying alone tonight. Phil took the night off. You know, folks, this is a really heartbreaking case, the case of Eliza Fletcher, a mother of two young boys who was out running on Friday at 0430 in the morning when she became the victim of a violent kidnapping. Violent because I say the police had video which they have yet to release. But the person who did this kidnapping is now under arrest. And he's being charged with a um, with aggravated, especially aggravated kidnapping. And in Tennessee law, the only there's five ways you can be charged with that. And one of them is where the victim suffers a serious bodily injury. So although we haven't seen the video to this, this is a, an especially aggravated kidnapping. Now, the problem is right now is that she, they have an arrest, as we said. The police have done an unbelievable job. Um, on the scene, they recovered Eliza Fletcher's cell phone. It was smashed, a water bottle, and the sandals belonging to the perpetrator, which they were able to swipe for DNA, and in less than 24 hours, had him identified and under arrest. And they've also collected the car that he was in. I mean, just amazing, amazing police work. Uh, this is on, on the screen. This is the perpetrator. He's no stranger to the criminal justice system. He was arrested in 2000. But guess what? Kidnapping, aggravated kidnapping. I believe he did 20 years and... He was let out, and uh, I believe it was in uh, 2020, and he's, he was on parole. Here's a guy that probably should have never been parole. This is um, the vehicle. You're looking up at the screen, and apparently he was in it when they went to pull him over, and an ATF agent planted his car right into the passenger side of that vehicle. Let's just see the damage there. So they were able to recover the vehicle. Uh, there's his, his arrest photos. He has an extremely violent juvenile record besides having an adult criminal record. Well, he, you know, it's hard for him to have committed a lot of crimes. He was in prison for 20 years. Now he gets out and now he's making up for lost time. There's a lot of talk about this. Um, what was the motive for this? And I have my own um, theories. Was she targeted? Was this about ransom since she is the heir to the um, uh, to a hardware store fortune, a family's a family of billionaires? And was this was this the reason for the kidnapping? A uh, grandfather was Joseph Joe Orgel III, so they owned Orgel Hardware. I don't think this was a attack for money or for ransom or. One of the other channels said that this appeared to be a robbery. I didn't think it had anything to do with a robbery. In, in a kidnapping where you're going to try to get ransom or money, 
you don't want to hurt the victim. In this instance, the victim was hurt seriously almost immediately. She was attacked. I'm sure she fought very hard for her life. And one thing that's also known is that after the attack occurred, the perpetrator stayed on the scene for four minutes. What was he doing for those four minutes? Was there, I hate to even say this or think of this, was, was there a sexual assault here? Um, the police in, in identifying his sandals and recovering the property at the scene, again, were able to make an arrest in less than 24 hours. Outstanding police work. We have to give it to the FBI, um, the TBI, um, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, the local Memphis police and the campus police. Outstanding, outstanding work. And, you know, you can't expect any quicker uh, work than they did on this case. Just, just incredibly incredible. And they're looking for her right now. Unfortunately, I think everyone's thinking the worst. I mean, we'd love to see Eliza be recovered alive, but uh, we have our doubts that that could happen. I'm going to play a little bit of this. You can see the stock and that this guy comes from who he hangs out with. And sits in jail, apparently saying very little about the kidnapping of Eliza Fletcher. But police have been able to link him to the crime, saying Abstin was driving the SUV seen in surveillance video at the crime scene. That SUV belonged to Gwendolyn Brown, who lives at this South Memphis apartment complex. Yes, I am upset. I'm very upset. When we went to Brown's home Monday, she admitted the truck was hers and said she wanted to talk to us but would have to call us. I'm willing to talk. Are, are you Ms. Brown? Yes, I am. Are you Gwendolyn Brown? Yes, I am. That was your car that Cleota was in? I just told you, yeah. when you leave that car, so we could be able to talk. She refused to say how she knows Cleota Abstin, but adamantly stressed she was not his girlfriend. We also found police at Brown's apartment checking out damage to a glass door. No word on what happened but it's not the only address connected to Cleotha Abstin. These Frazier apartments are listed as Cleotha Abstin's address, but we're told actually his mother lives here. While his mother wasn't home, his uncle by marriage says this kidnapping charge is a surprise. They said he had done it before. So? I mean, did if he did it before, how many years ago? A long time ago. Okay. So you don't believe it or? I believe he, I believe that he that he probably did it, but I have no proof. In 2000, as a juvenile, Cleotha Abstin was charged and later convicted of kidnapping Memphis attorney Kemper Durand as he was walking from a party on Bill Street, driving the lawyer around in his trunk and forcing him to get money from an ATM. That same lawyer has been linked to Eliza Fletcher's family. Cleotha Abstin was sentenced to 20 years. He was released in 2018. We know he worked for a cleaning service. In fact, it was his boss who described to police the vehicle Abstin had been driving, the one that matched what police saw on the video of the abduction. Cleotha Abstin's brother Mario remains in jail on drug charges. And back at his apartment, neighbors say they didn't know much about Mario and never met Cleotha. April Thompson, WREG News Channel 3. Folks, I'm hearing, I'm reading in the chat, and I don't know if there's any confirmation, uh, if anyone has any confirmation that they have found her. Uh, I don't have any information other than someone posting that in the chat. Um, 
Some of the things that the police did, obviously, they're using science to solve this case, which is unbelievable. DNA, to, for DNA to come back and identify a perpetrator in less than 24 hours, it didn't happen in my time on the police department. Just incredible, incredible. They also said that he was washing the car, the interior of the car, uh, because there must have been blood inside the car. And that would be, that would, of course, link her to him, link her to the car. In the video, they also said something about the rear taillight being broken. Could he have hit her head against the rear taillight? We've, we, we don't know that because the police have yet to uh, share that. But when you think about the science now, they also were able to follow the pings on his phone. And that, I would surmise, is how they're searching certain areas right now, through the pings of his cell phone, where his cell phone pinged during from 4.30 on till the next day. And that, I would believe, that is, is how they're, they're searching the very specific areas. And that is how, undoubtedly, undoubtedly they will be able to find Eliza. And, like, you know, this is... It doesn't get more horrible than this, a kidnapping of a young mother who's out running at 4.30 in the morning, doing her daily jog and probably running that early so she could come back and take care of her two young boys and then go to school where she's a kindergarten teacher. There's not more of an innocent victim than her. There's been a lot of people, you know, predicting, oh, what was this about? Oh, is this a ransom? And because she's... Uh, She's the heir to a billionaire. Uh, so far, I don't see that in this case. As I said, if someone's kidnapping someone for money, they're not going to commit a deadly physical force injury on them during the kidnapping. Robbery? The only thing she had to steal was her cell phone. That wasn't taken, and she was forced in the car. There's something much more sinister to this. Um, since he's not talking, you know, I had mentioned uh, when they arrested him because it was a kidnapping in an emergency situation. I don't believe they needed to read Miranda to him. I believe it was an emergency, the emergency exception to Miranda. They could have spoke to him about that. One of the things that I'm thinking right now is that if she is, in fact, if they find her body, they could cut a deal with his attorney to not seek the death penalty if he cooperates. But I don't see this. This guy's like a career criminal. He's a real jailhouse jack. You know, I don't see him cooperating. Uh, they got him dead to rights. And they got the, the FBI, the TBI, the ATF, Memphis police, the campus police. They're building the strongest case possible against this guy. This guy will never get out of prison. And hopefully... I'd love to see a guy like this get the death penalty. He so, so deserves it. If there's anyone that deserves the death penalty, it's this guy. You know, the poor family. I mean, the family, innocent family, you know, and, you know, if anyone also is talking these conspiracy theories where someone in the family is involved, we'll find that out. The FBI and the TBI ATF, they're going to turn every stone over. And they're going to look at every nexus, every possibility. Was there someone else involved in this besides this guy uh, who was arrested? Career criminal. 
that was arrested. Abstin. Is he the only one involved? I don't know. I, I don't uh, I don't know at this point the investigation's not it's not completed. There's a lot more work to do. Um, you know, and hopefully we'll we'll bring Eliza home to her family so they can at least have some type of closure. But this mutt here, you know, this career criminal, Leotha Alston, uh, Abstin, 38 years old. What did he ever do anything good with his life, this guy? You know, this this type of person that the death penalty was written for. You know, it's just uh, a disgrace. I'm going to show you um, a News Nation report the other night. This is what uh, Jennifer Koffendaffer, a former FBI agent, for Coffindaffer, former FBI special agent. Jennifer, I hate these stories. They're so disturbing. Uh, but he stopped, he grabbed her, threw her in the vehicle. How are they going to catch this guy? I mean, they already caught him. How did they catch this guy? Well, they did a fabulous job of jumping on this case early. Thankfully, there was footage of the actual incident, which gave them a partial license, a very unique license that they could go off of, as well as dents on the car that they were able to match up and led them to this arrest. And as Kelsey mentioned, this is not the first time that this man has been in trouble for a kidnapping. What do we know about the previous case? This, this is crucial to me. The other person that was attacked was an attorney. His last name was Durand. And he was actually worked in the same law firm as Fletcher's uncle. Now, I don't believe in coincidence, and this makes me believe this wasn't completely random. So you think that because the previous kidnapping wasn't random, that this particular case involving this young woman, this mother, is not random either, that potentially he knew something about her? Exactly. And I do want to also bring forth that she had a very uh, specialized routine every morning. She got up in the morning and she jogged at such an early morning hour of 4.30. So... I would just tell women who have similar routines, change up your route, be aware of your surroundings, run against traffic, have that pepper. You know, folks, is that a coincidence that the attorney that he kidnapped in the year 2000, that he is an attorney that works for the same law firm that re represents Eliza Fletcher's family? Is that coincidental or is there a nexus is there a connection in that? Is that something in this story now that uh, that we need to know? I, you know, my prediction is that um, I think that he knew Elizabeth uh, Eliza Fletcher's um, where where she ran every day. I think perhaps he may have been stalking her. But if you're kidnapping someone, as I said earlier on, for ransom, you're not going to use that type of force which was almost described in the affidavit as a deadly physical force. And that's why he was charged with that level of uh, kidnapping, which was especially aggravated kidnapping. So I, I happen to um, agree with um, Jennifer Koffendorfer that there could be a nexus to this in regards to this attorney. However, let's see where this leads. The FBI, TBI, ATF, they will not leave 
a stone unturned. ...spray ready in your hand so that you can be ready to thwart an attack such as this. Right, and so that there would be some witnesses when you say run against traffic if something were to be amiss. Uh, the suspect not cooperating with investigators or telling them anything about where uh, this woman is, but is there enough evidence to charge him with a crime just with what was found in and around that vehicle? Oh, I believe so. With the vehicle, as well as the blood, the DNA, there was DNA uh, found on uh, the shoes that were left at the scene, the, the uh, champion slippers, and those matched up to Cleotha Abstin. So with that information, as well as the information maintained in the affidavit that he was cleaning, uh, that he was uh, washing himself off, all of that leads to probable cause for an arrest. Do you think that it's unique that they actually wanted to collect the family vehicle, the garden shears at her property and th that computer? Well, I think it's very important that they look at all aspects of this situation, particularly the computer and any forensics that could possibly lead to how she was targeted. Again, there's this connection between the original subject of the first kidnapping of Mr. Abstin and the second because the uncle worked at the same law firm as the first subject or first victim. And this is no coincidence, I don't think law enforcement will find. Jennifer Coffin-Daffer, thank you very much uh, for being with us. We certainly hope that there's some closure for this family here very soon. Thank you. So folks, it doesn't, uh, you know, there's lots of people out there with opinions as to what happened here. The way in which this happened is just very disturbing. The fact that he stalked her, uh, he came up on her when she was running the violent nature of this like blitz type attack uh, is just extremely disturbing to me that what was the motive? Uh, was the motive, was the motive a sexual assault? I'm going to uh, go towards that. And if it wasn't, why did he keep her and why did he stay at the scene for four minutes with her inside the vehicle? That to me is extremely, extremely disturbing. And I don't know what the explanation is for that. And I'm just wondering right now, as we speak, I'm hearing all kinds of things that they they may have recovered some remains or they may have recovered another crime scene. Uh, as I said, science is working on this case. The cell phone pings of the perpetrator, they can uh, reroute his entire, his entire route that morning and into the evening through his cell phone pings. Uh, the DNA linking him a slam dunk. She, uh, Jennifer Koffendoffer was asked, is there probable cause? Of course there's probable cause. His DNA is on the scene. His slippers are on the scene. Video of him attacking her, even though usually the video is not good enough to identify somebody. Uh, on the screen now is a photo of their family. This is after they found out what had occurred and about the force that was used in this kidnapping. And, I think they're a family of faith, obviously. Um, you can see on their faces, they are extremely distraught. Um, this, uh, this case, of course, is I don't believe is going to end uh, in a, with a happy ending. I don't think. And it, this is the photograph that they had. They put out there very early, which was the original photograph uh, that they had from the video camera. I believe that the, at 7 o'clock in the morning, 
on Friday, the college security was the first to call the police as they noticed this on the college videotape. And then I believe at 7.45, the husband um, called the police because she didn't return home. So th th this, this caper is just, uh, and of course, the, one of the things um, was that he had this, this black SUV, the GMC Terrain, dark colored. That was what was out there right immediately after uh, this became public knowledge that this was going on. Uh, this is a beautiful woman. She teaches kindergarten. Again, um, two children. There's a picture of her and her two boys. Um, it's a tragedy in every way. This is the video, very difficult to see. Uh, of, this was the first video that was put out, a still from that video. That's the SUV. That's the location where the attack occurred. Uh, just very, very sad situation. Um, again, there's a lot of theories, but there's no concrete information as to, we know, we know what happened, but we don't, we don't know the why. We don't know the motive. Why? Why did this happen? Uh, that clearly we won't know unless this perpetrator talks or unless they find out other investigative leads that lead to other people. I use the word nexus. Nexus simply means a connection. Is there a connection to this lawyer who was kidnapped 20 years ago and to this kidnapper in regards to what occurred here? Is there any connection? Or is there uh, Jennifer Koffendorfer said she didn't believe in um, coincidences? Well, let's see. You know, you, you, hunches mean nothing. Hunches without solid evidence to back up. And, you know, so far, the science of investigation has um, done an unbelievable job. Folks, if you're not subscribed to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories, go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, join our family, join our YouTube family. If you like real crime content from a police perspective, a police point of view, jump on our YouTube, give us a thumbs up, and uh, ring that bell. We also have a Patreon if you want to support us financially. We have three different levels, and you see the folks in the chat with the green font. We have five different levels on our YouTube channel members. And uh, we appreciate all our channel members, the Police Off the Cuff family. Thank you guys so much. But if you want to join our YouTube family, you're welcome to do that. As I said, there's five different levels. I'm going to play another, uh, another thing from News Nation in regards to this. talk right now with T.J. Ward, a private investigator. Uh, police have not been able to get much information out of this suspect, T.J., but do you think that with what was found in and around the vehicle, in addition to people who live in and around that neighborhood where she was last seen jogging, could investigators put this case together and put charges squarely on this suspect? Uh, good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes, I believe so. And this was uh, a, a very, very uh, quick um, investigation that I, I knew from the beginning was not random. This, uh, this, this was a planned kidnapping. And right now, we don't know who else is, is involved. But the witnesses that they, that's gotten information uh, and given it to the police it was helpful. And the information from the, the DNA uh, that they got knowing what vehicle he was in, now they can uh, 
now, now they can start pulling some other things together. He's not going to talk. So the, the, the whole thing now is trying to get cadaver dogs and trying to get the DNA and some information and maybe others keeping this out in the public. Maybe others saw something that may help law enforcement find out where he had put her, she had put him and uh, where uh, the body may be, um, cadaver dogs. And so th this is where we are right now and keep interviewing other witnesses and family members and so on and so forth. So, I'm sure they have taken his computer and, and things from his home and are analyzing it right now in efforts to know that this is probably a planned um, this was a planned abduction and also to try to find out uh, what else they, they, can, they can find that's going to lead to where her body may be. And, and it is your, your belief, because you're saying some things that we hadn't heard so far, that she is definitely deceased. I'm not saying she's definitely deceased. She's missing. But I'm sure at this point um, that this gentleman has got history of... And what we do know that the, she was uh, injured or whatever when when she was taken, we know that there apparently was was um, blood or something in the car that has coming up. But um, you have to take the, the and look in in order to um, hopefully find out because this guy's not going to give you any information um, of where he's put her or where she is or whatever. So we have to pull cadaver dogs in and hope we can locate some information and hopefully find her. And, and you are basing the, the fact that this is not a random attack on the affidavit about the crime? Um, I think I think this was a planned, um, this was this was planned. This was not a, 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 an abduction that was just happened at 4.30 in the morning. I think that he had planned or who he was going to take or who, what, what, what happened to her. I think he knew just, to, just as a matter of fact, he just got out of jail for from somebody else that uh, he had uh, victimized. All right, T.J. Ward, thank you so much for your insights. And again, we hope this family uh, finds some answers very, very soon and yes. investigators get to the bottom of this. Thank you. Prayers for the family. Yes, absolutely. What we can do. Yes. Thank you for watching. Folks, you know, until we have uh, the investigation moving forward, Theories are just that, theories. But, you know, like uh, Phil and I always talk about, he calls it spitballing. Detectives get together and they discuss, oh, what do you think happened? What do we got? What do you think we have? Uh, I used to call it hypothesizing and theorizing. That's what my, uh, that's what my talk was. But um, so you try to figure out what happened through basically an educated guess, what makes sense. And you go in that, you go into that direction. Um, excuse me. Uh, so you go, you, you go in that direction. Guys, I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to queue up the next uh, little news flash. But the detectives get together. They, as Phil says, they spitball, they hypothesize, they theorize. But with this, there's real science. There is real science. Uh, science they can use, and. The, the cell site information and the pinging of the cell phone can give exactly where this perpetrator was at exactly specific times. And I'm sure the FBI, TBI, uh, the ATF, they're basing their search on those pings. So they're not guessing. They're not guessing. They're, they're, 
they're searching very, very specific areas because they have scientific information. The other thing is, is the perpetrator's body. If he was beating her, she was fighting back. He must have marks. He must have marks on his body from her defending herself. That also gets swabbed for DNA and it's called also called transfer evidence. That evidence may have been gone because he was washing his clothes, washing his body, but potentially, for example, if she scratched him, her DNA could be in his womb and vice versa. Uh, all, um, for example, all rape victims, all victims of a homicide, and I'm not saying that's what that, this is right now, they scrape underneath the fingernails to see if the DNA of the perpetrator is underneath the fingernails. And that's what is used many times, the autopsy to identify the perpetrator. Uh, William Wallace, this is what you might call random Memphis daily of your standard and normal stuff. Well, William Wallace, I think that the, the University of Memphis campus is, campus is probably a very safe place. Does this type of crime uh, happen? Does this type of crime happen on the University of Memphis campus all the time? Cindy Jones, they just said it's right around the area that they removed the dumpster from. I bet there will be a presser any time. Uh, Cindy Jones, what is right around the area? Did they recover? Did they announce that they recovered a body? Uh, I'm not privy to that. We're on the air right now. Uh, I'm sure Pauline Robb, I'm sure they will square out his perimeter. Um, Mandy, Dennis, there's a lot of movement by the kidnapper's brother's house. You know, I would have think I would have th thought that that would have been the first place that they would have uh, conducted a search and a search warrant on would have been the brother's house. Um, I'll be surprised. Nancy O'Brien Simpson, follow the money. Who else in line for that inheritance at the time in the morning? This was not random. Robin Redmond, this creep should never be allowed back on the streets again. I agree. This guy should have never been allowed back on the streets after his last kidnapping. Uh, Cindy Jones. They just said it's right. Okay, I, I just have read that. Um, sounding six. This young dolphin, certainly an unusual smile, isn't it? Like she's at the, never seen someone smile like that. I don't know who you're referring to. Uh Folks, I'm going to play a little bit from the local news station, a little blurb. If anyone hears anything in regards to uh, real-time um, investigation that they find the body or there's any other information, please let me know here, and I could try to pull up that information. Today, authorities are still desperately searching for Eliza Fletcher. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I'm Alex Coleman. And I'm April Thompson. That search appears to span across the city, but police won't officially confirm what they're looking for. WRG Shea author is live in South Memphis, one spot where she saw a large law enforcement presence today. Shea, tell us about what you saw. 
Hey, April. Hey, Alex. There's been a whole lot of activity out here. We've been out here for really uh, about the last three hours or so. We've seen officers coming and going from this location in an industrial area. Take a look for yourself. This officer is still blocking uh, that wooded area behind him here. So we really don't know what exactly they're searching for in this back area back here. Uh, and you can see also one of those ATVs. Again, though, this isn't far from a location where Abstin has some ties. Throughout Monday afternoon, we watched as ATVs made their way through a wooded area off Prospect Street in South Memphis. Industrial buildings back up to a green space in Cane Creek. It's unclear how long investigators spent at that spot or what exactly they were looking for. But it is clear they've devoted resources to their efforts. Efforts as the city of Memphis and now the nation hopes for the safe return of mother and teacher Eliza Fletcher. At one point, we counted more than a dozen MPD cruisers leaving the search spot. An important note about this location, it's less than two miles from the home of Mario Abston. He's the brother of Cleotha Abston. The man investigators say violently kidnapped Fletcher on her morning run last week. It was at this home witnesses told investigators they saw Cleotha cleaning out the inside of his SUV with floor cleaner, washing his clothes in the sink and behaving oddly. We were there this weekend as MPD towed a dumpster away from the complex. Monday's search also less than a mile away from the Pine Hill Community Center, which over the weekend served as a command post for law enforcement after they told us they received a tip. But not all efforts were in South Memphis. We also saw investigators on ATVs along Interstate 240 and Perkins and Nankana Creek. Again, April Alex, because this cruiser is blocking this area, it's unclear how many officers are still back there. You can see uh, another cruiser just showed up here to the scene. So, of course, this is something we're going to continue to monitor. Again, MPD not officially telling us what they are looking for. We will keep you posted with what we find out. But again, they are asking people, if you think you know anything, call Crime Stoppers at number 901-528-CASH. We're live in South Memphis tonight. Shay Arthur, WREG News Channel 3. Okay, thank you, Shay. And several different law enforcement agencies were involved in searches all across the city over the weekend, but not all have been confirmed to be directly connected to the investigation into the disappearance of Elijah Fletcher. Now, from a McDonald's dumpster to parks and apartment complexes, authorities are hoping to leave no stone unturned. Today, so folks, you can see this is an active, active investigation. There's a great deal of uh, uh, investigative work, police work, footwork, search work. It's all going on right now, and uh, which means they're onto something. Do they have cadaver dogs? Uh, I'm sure they do on the scene, but they're searching based on scientific locations that were from his phone's pings. So it, it, it's an it's an incredible thing how far law enforcement has come in regards to uh, using science to help us. You know, just a, an amazing thing. Again, on the screen, that's the family. Uh, as you can see, we I think we all wanna say a prayer to this family. Um, they're uh, in so much pain right now. Uh, it's just, um, it's just almost impossible to fathom. Again, Eliza Fletcher, mother, 34 years old, mother of two, a kindergarten teacher. Think of our little kindergarten students wondering where they're, what happened to their teacher. How do you explain that to a, to a six-year-old? You know? How do you explain to a six-year-old that your, 
your kindergarten teacher is not coming back. How do you, I don't know how you do that. You know, I was in homicide for almost 10 years and uh, I had to make many a death notification. One of the worst jobs you could ever have on the police department is have to notify a family that their loved one is dead. I can't even imagine this one. Just, uh, just unbelievable, you know. You know, folks, a lot of people also question is like, oh, why are all these resources being uh, put into this case? She's just one person. Well, she's one person, it's true. But I, you know, she is a real, real victim. And the guy who kidnapped her is a real, real evil, evil perpetrator, as bad as you can get, you know. And I think when good versus evil like this, society and law enforcement should put everything into it they can possibly do to put this, you know, I don't even know what adjective to use to describe this guy who you see on the screen. Uh, he definitely does not belong in society. I think it's scary um, how society sometimes now coddle these criminals uh, Coach Karen, they are really focusing on that lot with several dumpsters. Absolutely devastating. And I'm heart heavy, Coach Karen. Uh, very, after all, very true, Sergeant Bill, this is not just affects the family. So many kids in the whole community suffers. Uh, I'm reading some of your chat, Irish Hewlett. My heart breaks for her children. Yeah, I, and you know something? in a larger extent for the whole community. Your heart breaks for the whole community because this was a, a really, uh, so, so far, um, Christine Robinson, we haven't gotten word that they found her or we know there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of police activity, but we haven't been, uh, David Santa call a body found. Uh, can you uh, give us some f further information? I'm not hearing it. Um, I could, I could search on um, while I'm while I'm live here, but uh, I'm not I'm not receiving any news that anything was found. Um, it's got to be a live report. In fact, if it was, um, I'm just hearing that the search is still going on. I'm not seeing any live reports uh, of 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 anything found. Um, you know, David Santa, unless we can verify the source, I'm not going to report that. I, you know, I have to know a very a confirmation, a very specific source. I'm not going to put it up there just based on someone's body found because it could be totally, totally untrue, you know, just totally untrue. And um, which, you know, I'm not going to, as I said, without a confirmation, without a confirmation, I can't uh, put that out there. So we'll await a confirmation before we put anything out there, um, we all said that Phil and I have been covering this case since the beginning. And we said very early on, it looks really bad. It looks really bad. Uh, legal minded friends, Karen Cole prisoners in Great Britain and Wales do get eligible for parole, depending on their sentencing and date. Watch my video on titled should youth offenders get life. Uh, Tony Esquire, given the time, since her disappearance, I think there's a 95% chance she's no longer with us, unfortunately. I hope I'm wrong. Tony, uh, I believe you're probably right. 
Uh, I hate to say that because I would like to err on the side of life, but um, seeing these type of cases, I think you're 100% right. And it, it's so sad. It's just, what? how do you explain this? It, it's unexplainable. It's just unexplainable. Uh, Miss Young Dolph, uh, you know, we've gone over this before, running at 4.30 in the morning by yourself. It's a free country. Everyone has a right to do whatever they want. Is that wise to do by yourself? I'd say no. I would say no. I'd say if you're going to run at that time, get someone to run with you, all right? At least carry a weapon. Carry mace. Carry a slapper. Carry something. Because there are savages like this guy out there, you know? And look, uh, look what he did, you know? Uh, Jennifer Smith says, I'm watching the news also. They said she has not been found. But don't quote me. Well, I'm too late. I already quoted you. But that's okay. If they said she's not been found. That's uh, that's that's news that uh, there's no confirmation yet. Okay, folks. This is Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. If you're not subscribed to us, very quickly go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell, give us a thumbs up. And if you want to be part of our Patreon to support us financially. You can do that also. And if you want to join our YouTube channel, see the folks with the green font, they're all members of our YouTube channel. We really appreciate our friends, our subs, our fans, whatever you want to call them. Sometimes our subs don't like to be called fans. Sometimes our fans don't like to be called subs. So I call them fans. <laughs> so uh, this this case, again, is, is heartbreaking. It's a heartbreaking case. Um from the very beginning, we sort of knew um, we sort of knew that this was uh, uh, Taman Newman. I guess I'm showing my age. A slapper, the old transit cops and the um, housing cops used to carry slappers, and it was a piece of leather with a piece of lead in it. And when someone got a little nasty, they would slap the guy in the back of the head, and it could knock you out because it had a piece of metal or lead in it. And uh, that's why people that wised off the housing cops or transit cops, uh, they always knew that slapper was coming out, you know? So I'm showing my age because I don't think they carry them anymore. Uh, um, Eden, Edie uh, Seneglia-Wintner, woman walking or jogging alone should always carry some sort of protection. I agree. I 100% agree. Uh, Donna Gwynn, like a roll of nickels in a sock. Hey, that works. Just make sure you put a couple of socks so when you hit the person, it doesn't break, you know. Uh, Mama Four, yes, doing great, Mama Four. Uh, Legal-minded, that just disappeared. Um, Lieutenant Pete, Hoppy, slapper, a handheld leather-wrapped metal, or Jack Thinner. So Lieutenant Pete, he's from that era. He knows all about slappers, that's for sure. Dawn G, helicopter in air over a specific area, command post set up, nothing more being reported. So it's, uh, there's still, there's a lot of police activity. Um, Willis Pony, that's awesome slapper, getting one ASAP, Supreme Commander. Believe it or not, you can go on police sites and still order these slappers. Because a guy that I used, that was in my academy class, he uh, messaged me recently. He says, hey, Bill, where can you get one of those slappers? So I went on a couple of police sites online and I said to them, I go, right, you can get it from this site and just they'll deliver it to your house. The slapper. Yeah, it's not the clap, it's not the clapper, it's the slapper. You know, remember that thing on TV and the 
the lights would go on and the TV shut off. The slap is different. You can't clap your hands and the slap doesn't hit someone in the back of the head. It's an it's a offensive weapon, right? Uh, red feather one, every woman planning to go out alone, especially in the night or early morning, should carry a gun, and I know how to use it, in my opinion. Um, it seems in our society that they're trying to take the guns away from the good people, and they want to empower these mutts like this guy getting out of prison. They want to give him more rights, this guy, this guy here. They want him to have a lot of rights and for you to have nothing. So this predator, this monster that did 20 years in prison and was supposed to feel sorry for the guy, I don't feel sorry for him. He had a very, very violent juvenile record also, filled with robberies and assaults. And of course, they'll seal that record because they don't want this poor little jailhouse jack, as I used to call him. They don't want him held back. They want him to have a great career, you know. Yeah, a great criminal career. That's what he'll have, you know. It's it's disgraceful what our society has become with coddling these criminals and not, you know. Uh, Rich Kaba, Bill, they will call you racist. Well, I'm not. I'm not being racist. I'm a criminal. Is a criminal, whether he's white, black, Chinese, whatever race he is. He's shown that he can't survive in society within the parameters of the law, then he belongs in a little cage, you know? I think our society is very apologetic towards criminals. They, they think that they, you know, uh, that they're put upon. Burr, the slapper, boom, boom, out the lights, almost like the clapper, but different. Yes, Burr, I think you caught the point. You stole my joke, it's okay, you can steal my joke. Uh, let me play a little bit of this, guys. who has been missing since Friday. The 34-year-old is a mother to two young boys and a kindergarten teacher at St. Mary's. She's also the granddaughter to late Memphis billionaire Joseph Oregel III, the founder of Oregel Incorporated, based in Collierville. Yesterday, police arrested Cleotha Abstin and charged him with her disappearance. Alakita Johnson has the latest on the investigation from 201. Good morning, Aaron. That 38-year-old is behind bars now, but the judge last night said his bond to $500,000. Now, he will not see that judge today because... You know, I almost died when I heard that bail was set at all. Of course, it's an insurmountable amount, half a million, $500,000, but I just think it should be... A message should be sent that a guy like this should not get bail, period. Setting bond, and what, what if he came up with the money? How would the rest of society feel with this guy roaming the streets after the crime that he, oh, I know he's innocent to proven guilty, but how would you feel if this guy's roaming your neighborhood after what or being arrested for this? Because it is a holiday, but tomorrow he is expected to be in court. Go ahead and take a look at this video. This is where Memphis police searched most of yesterday. Now, they wouldn't confirm this area in South Memphis was directly connected to the police to the Fletcher case. But on Saturday, police did find the GMC terrain. They said Abstin was driving on Waterstone Oakway. A witness told police they saw Abstin cleaning the SUV and washing his clothes and the police affidavit we got it said the abduction was violent and there's evidence that Fletcher got seriously hurt her family though hoping for the best more than anything we want to see Liza returned home safely we believe someone knows what happened and can help if you have any information on this crime or Liza's location 
called the police. Abstin is now charged with especially aggravated kidnapping and tampering with evidence. And as for the Fletcher family, they are uh, rewarding anyone with $50,000 if they have any information that could lead to her return. We'll also keep you guys updated with more details that we receive. For now, Memphis, I'm Lakita Johnson. Back to you guys. All right. Thank you, Lakita. Well, let's get to more on that police report Lakita was talking about. It says Eliza went for her regular run and her husband, Richard Fletcher, reported her missing when she didn't come back. A biker found Eliza's cell phone and a pair of champion slides near Zach Curlin near the university. Investigators say those slides had Aston's DNA on them. Surveillance video showed someone forcing Fletcher into the passenger side of an SUV after a brief struggle. That car then sat in a parking lot for four minutes before it drove off. So who is Cleotha Abstin? Well, unfortunately, he's not new to this. He actually got out of jail recently for the very same crime. Abstin was convicted of aggravated kidnapping and robbery back in 2000 after pleading guilty to abducting a Memphis attorney. A judge then sentenced him to 24 years, but he got out with time served in November of 2020. Now, less than two years later, he is facing similar charges in the Eliza Fletcher case. Again, Fletcher still hasn't been found. I do know this case may have some of you at home concerned, even rightfully scared. I often go running, but there are things that we, especially as women, can do to keep ourselves safe. Safety experts say, go ahead and ditch the headphones. I know it sounds hard to run without any music, but it's so you can hear other people coming near you. Also, they say avoid baggy clothes and this one, no ponytails, because it makes it easier for someone to grab onto you. Also, switch up your routine. Make sure that you're not running or walking the same route every day. All right, now the... You know, folks... I see runners all the time, whether it's up where I live or in the city. The headphones, get rid of the headphones. How can you know what's around you, behind you, in front of you, side, left? You get hit by a car. You can't pay attention when you got music blaring in your ears. So if you're going to run, take those stupid headphones off. I know you want to listen and rock out, but I think you need to be safe first and not worry about rocking out during your run. You know, it, it's really crazy. Uh, I see people doing that all the time, whether it's in New York City, up here, and it's not safe to do. It's not safe to walk around with those. You know, how about folks? Um, uh, how about folks that are talking on the phone while walking down the street? How is that for situational awareness? What are you aware of if you're you're in another universe? You're walking up the street, down the street, but your mind is in a, on a phone call. I don't know. I just think that maybe you should lay off the phone a little bit. Enjoy the sights. Know where you're walking. You're walking into people because you're talking on the phone. When I walk down city streets and I hear people talking, I'm like, who the hell are they talking to? It's such a weird thing. And it's sort of like in our society, it's sort of like accepted. Oh, he, she's on the phone. Well, get the hell off the damn phone, you know? Like you got to really talk every minute of the day. You can't walk down the street without talking on a damn telephone. It's just, it's just incredible to me. What, what have we become in this society that we have to be on the phone all the damn time? Yes, I'm talking to a friend. I can't walk or talk without it, you know, because I need to constantly be on the telephone. 
I just think it's crazy. Get the hell off the phone, you know? So, folks, again, uh, the police, this happened on Friday at 04.30, was called in at 7 a.m. by the campus police first, based on them looking at the video. And then it was called in at 07.45 by a husband when she did not uh, go home. Did she not come home? Uh, Marilyn Mineta, this is what I think, run walking through the buddy system. Me and my friends walk together. Never the same. I'm an old lady buddy. You still have to be careful. That's right. That's right. Robin Redmond, I agree, Bill. Fremont Pathfinder and 10% of his bill. Oh, all right, 50,000. Um, it's, it's just Tammy Moore. I was taught to at least pretend to be on the phone so to deter an attack. It doesn't make sense now that I think about it. No, that makes no sense, Tammy. I don't know who told you that. I think you stay the hell off the phone, you know, uh, and situational awareness. Be aware of your surroundings. If you head on a swivel, how can you, on the phone, hear someone coming up behind you? That's frequently where attacks come from or behind you. Uh, so situational awareness, just think of that, that term, situational awareness. And uh, I think you'll agree with me that, you know, you've got to stay the hell off the phone. There's no reason to be on the phone all the time. It's just, there's no reason whatsoever, you know. Uh, Becky D, the crime scene is seven miles from the house he was found at. Um, okay. Um, Andy, the Gabby Cabby, look at a phone walking down the street. You got an appointment head first with a lamppost. Yeah. You know, Andy, the Gabby Cabby, you make a lot of sense. That's so true. Mom of 457 Rose. How the hell did we survive without cell phones? I'm, I'm 65. I had a phone, but a pocket full of money for the pay phone. Laugh out loud. These phones are destroying families. Also, it's horrible. Yeah. And how the hell did we survive without the computer, without social media? We did very well. You know, people talk to each other. Kids played sports instead of being on the computer all damn day, right? Kids played games with each other. Now it's like everyone is hypnotized and, and, and the computer can do egregious things like make you think things that they want you to think. Um, just outrageous, you know. Uh, no, Nikki Hoffman, we don't believe she had headphones or earphones on. We're just saying other runners. This is things that you can do to stay safe. Eliza wasn't wearing headphones. She was very aware. She was attacked by someone who overpowered her. And it was early in the morning where there was no one out there to help her. Uh, Pam uh, Darry, when he was released, was there not a warning issue to protect the public due to how brutal attack? Well, he was on parole. So the police are notified when parolees are released and where they're going to live. And they have to report to their parole officer X times a month. They, every time, though, you know, these things in the criminal justice system, they keep making them more and more and more lax. So, oh, why do they have to meet with, let's not have a meet with his parole officer. They should, you know, when we were in homicide, Parolees would show up at their parole offices and my detectives would be there waiting for them because they they did a murder over the weekend. So what better place to pick him up without getting into a confrontation? Let's wait till he comes to his parole officer. He's not going to carry a knife or a gun going into the, the, the uh, office for the parole officer. So let's meet him there. 
That's what my detectives used to do. And you know how many times idiots like this would do a murder and then show up at their parole officer on Monday? It was just, it was just incredible, just incredible. And, you know, look, I always say that expression, truth is uh, stranger than fiction. And that, that's for sure. You know, folks, I'm just going to read a quick uh, commercial. Um, wait, I have to get, uh, <laughs> I have to get those comments off the screen. There we go. Or else I'll never, I'll never be able to see it. Um, folks, if you're looking for a great attorney in the New York City metropolitan area, Joe Murray is your guy. Joe Murray's a retired NYPD police officer, outstanding defense attorney. Uh, you can get him on his uh, cell phone at 718-514-3855. You can email him at joe at jmurray-law.com. His website is jmurray-law.com. So in, if you're looking for an attorney in New York City metropolitan area, again, Joe Murray's your guy. Uh, here he is, actually. There's a little photo with Joe. Uh, he's a frequent guest on this show. And um, in fact, I asked him if he wasn't uh, too busy to come on tonight, but uh, he was he was doing something tonight, so he couldn't come on. Folks, 9-10-2022, the uh, First Responders Unite for Fight Night, Tunnel to Towers Charity. That's a World Trade Center charity. New York City Cops and Kids, NYPD Boxing, FDNY Boxing, National Grid, DSNY, Department of Corrections, Custom USMC Boxing. Weigh in at 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Showtime is at 6 p.m. Staten Island University Hospital, 75 Richmond Terrace, Staten Island, New York. That's from my good friend, Patty uh, Russo. New York City Kids in Boxing. He runs that charity and a great boxing program. He's saved so many kids from the inner city from giving them something to do something to aspire to. He's had, he's had a guy go to the Olympics. He's had guys that went through his program become hugely successful citizens. Uh, just a great, great guy, Pat's Patty Russo, New York City Kids in Boxing. Uh, he's a friend of mine too, a former NYPD sergeant. So just doing some great work. Um, so guys, you know, we're coming close to a close here. It's, uh, this is just, the most horrendous case, one of the most horrendous cases I've seen. Yeah, it's, just, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just outrageous. I think that, you know, when you get a victim like this, who is just an outstanding human being, um, you know, and it's not, and that's because she's a rich lady and she's, a, she's an heir to a, a fortune um, that really doesn't, um, doesn't come into the picture, but it's just, she's a real victim, and this was such a random attack. And we pray for her, but common sense tells us that uh, there's not going to be a, um, a happy ending to this. Let me play one last news report. Executive Director of Crime Stoppers Memphis Division, Buddy Chapman, joining us by phone this morning. Buddy, thank you so much uh, for making time to talk to us. We know a man has been charged in connection to the kidnapping, however, it's still no Eliza. So my first question for you is, are you any closer to actually finding her? Well, that's, that's hard to say. This is a case with a number of moving parts as you've already covered. Uh, it's a tragic case. Uh, I, I have to say, I hate to say that 
it becomes less and less likely that we would be able to find her alive. But they are covering all the bases, and you pretty much summed it up. Uh, there is a $50,000 reward, and I would remind anyone hearing a $50,000 reward, remind anyone who's hearing this, uh, that that will go to the person that calls us to tell us where to find her if there's anyone who knows that. Uh, as you noted, the person who's been charged with killing her uh, has refused to cooperate or give any information. Has there been any indication that there could be other people involved in covering this up or in, in locating her? Well, you may or may not know, I used to be the head of the police department here in Memphis. And just what I have ascertained from listening to the reports that I get, um, I don't I don't anticipate that. Uh, he was found with his brother uh, when they arrested him. The brother has not been charged. Uh, it, it when he did his previous kidnapping, he was uh, abduction. He was he was alone when he did that. So it wouldn't appear that way. But as I say, a number of moving parts. We know that the dumpster was seized uh, from an apartment complex and towed away. Is there any information you can provide us as to why? Well. We also have witness statements that have been reported that he uh, was seen washing his clothes. And now uh, you covered the part about him cleaning out his car, uh, but he was also seen washing his clothes. So the the natural assumption is that there's a possibility he may have thrown those away. There's also the possibility that there was something else, whatever, if in fact he struck her with something or killed her with something, if that that item uh, might have been thrown in the dumpster. They're, they're covering all bases. You also covered the, the issue of them taking things from the home and towing the car. That's pretty much standard procedure um, uh, when they don't have an, an idea and a person disappears. They, the family will come under scrutiny always. That's just, that's not any, any black mark against them. That's just the way the, the thing works. Okay, Buddy Chapman, thank you very much uh, for joining us this morning by phone. Certainly hope that this investigation continues to reveal more clues. Well, we just hope someone will call us and uh, with that $50,000 in mind and, uh, and give us information as to, as to where she is or, in the worst-case scenario, where her body is. All right, Buddy Chapman, thank you again. Yes, ma'am. Thank Folks. That's all we have tonight uh, to recap. As far as I know, there's been no recovery of Eliza. Um, I'll follow this case tomorrow. Uh, we'll see what, if there's any um, happenings or any, uh, any investigative breakthroughs overnight. But right now, we're not hearing anything about anyone being recovered and um, some of the rumors that I was reading about in the chat just now, someone asked me, was there any confirmation of the husband uh, lawyering up? And I saw that nowhere. That was a rumor that someone put in the chat. I saw no confirmation of that uh, whatsoever. There also has been no confirmation right now that Eliza has been recovered. Folks, uh, I know this is a sad story. It's... Uh, it's a horrible case, you know, it's a horrible kidnapping, but uh, we're going to cover it.
tomorrow uh, and, and if there's any uh, any occurrences overnight I'll bring them to you tomorrow folks especially all you guys that came from duty Ron's uh, show thank you so much for joining us on police off the cuff real crime stories uh, I'm your host Bill Cannon I want to say everyone I hope everyone had a happy Labor Day weekend the last day of the summer God bless and I'll, I'll see you soon. One episode, just ain't enough.